Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I would like to start this day by shouting out specifically to the Bills Mafia. Now, as many of you know, Buffalo is favored to win the Super Bowl. The team's prize free agent, Von Miller, is hell-bent on making that happen. Von Miller, hell-bent on making it happen, and despite everything that the future Hall of Famer has already accomplished, he is hell-bent on endearing himself to the Bills Mafia. If you did not know that before, Mafia, I know you do now. Because on the eve of the 2022 season kicking off, Bills v. defending Super Bowl champs, the Rams, Miller let the world know how much it means to him, how badly he wants it, and why he is there. He let everybody know in the team's latest hype video titled, Von Miller's Letter to Bills Mafia. You see, the veteran sack master is aware, well aware, Mafia, of all the pain that you have experienced over the years. And although he has not been a part of that struggle himself, he does feel your pain. And he is here to help put an end to all of your suffering. Miller is here to put an end to everything that you have had to endure. And I mean everything. And yes, this is where I jump in and mention all the historical bleep that you do not need to be reminded of. You know, four straight Super Bowl losses, including wide right. You know, the Music City Miracle. And yes, I know you know the wound is still fresh, but yes, 13 seconds. Unfortunately, yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. However... To all of that, Von Miller has a simple, straightforward message for all of you in the Mafia and for everybody else in the up-and-coming, shiny city of Buffalo. Message being... Bruh, it. Burn it all. Oh, you gotta be kidding. You have to repeat that with me. All together now. Bruh, bleep it. Burn it all. Bruh. Burn it all. Yes, sir. That's what the newest member of the Mafia family is putting out in the world. And I quote, Bruh, F it. Burn it all. Bruh, it. Burn it all. Burning. He's talking about everything that happened before he got there. The heartbreak. The devastation. Bruh, bleep it. Burn it all. Bruh. Burn it all. I'm telling you, I've known this guy a long time. Watched him his entire career. Had him on the show a number of times. But the second I saw that, the second I heard that, that instantly became one of my favorite statements ever. One of the best things I've ever heard. I mean that. Because hell yes, this applies to the Bills and the Bills Mafia. But that statement, brah, bleep it, burn it all. Bruh, it. Burn it all. Well, that does apply to the mafia and the bills. In reality, it's so much bigger than that. It applies to everything. Ask me, that's a life philosophy right there. Life gives you the hands. Life punches you in the face. Life kicks you in the package. Bra, F it. Burn it 
all. Bruh. Burn it all. You tell me what that doesn't apply to. Example, James Kelly and I do not win a single one of our bets. Not one. Last Friday, we're bummed. We're licking our wounds. We wonder how that looks. Then I think to myself, brah, F it. Burn it all. Bruh. Burn it all. Again, I'm going to ask you, tell me something that that does not apply to. Didn't get the job promotion that you were looking for, that you thought you earned. Brah. F it. Burn it all. Bruh. It. Burn it all. Your significant other rips your heart right out of your chest, dumps you for somebody else. Brah. Bleep it. Burn it all. Bruh. Brah. It. Burn it all. It's brilliant. Again, what does that not apply to? In football and in life. In other words, nothing bad that has happened in the past matters at all. Any of it. All of it. Brah. Bleep it. Burn it all. Brah. Burn it all. Burn I'm it. telling you, words to live by and not just for the Bills Mafia. Especially for the Bills Mafia. But not just the Bills Mafia. But for all of us. As an example, I've got no ink. Not one tattoo. Not a single tattoo. And I never had a plan to get a tattoo. I was not going to do it. In fact, I made up my mind. I'm not doing that. I mean, no judgment if you do, but I'm not doing that. However, I heard that statement, and now I'm thinking, I need that ink. I want that ink. Brah, bleep it. Burn it all, Bruh. ink. It. Burn it all. In a prominent spot where everybody can see it. All right, so back to football really quickly. Bill's football and Vaughn Miller. Now that he's a part of the family, big bro, and the newest bully on the block, is on your side, he's going to do his damnedest to help bring that Lombardi to this city. But not for himself, but for all of you, Mafia, i.e. Mission Mafia. This team has what it takes to get to the Super Bowl. Trust me, I've been there. Do I want another ring? Hell yeah, I do. But it's really about more than me. It's about Buffalo. I came to Buffalo to be a difference maker. For a franchise that's been so close so many times, for the Hall of Famers, for my teammates that laid the foundation, for a fan base that deserves a Super Bowl parade. Bills Mafia, I want to be all that for you because I know what that'll mean to you. And that means everything to me. Hey, listen, I'm no chump. I know a hype video when I see one. I know social media content when I see it. But I think this is more than that. The question, Mafia, you tell me. I mean, you've seen and heard everything. How bleeping hyped are you to hear from that dude that you backed the Brinks truck up for this offseason? A dude who has been there. A dude who has won it before. A guy who's been where you've been waiting your entire life to get to. I mean, come the hell on. This dude is all about you. How can you not? How can you not be moved by that? How can that not be music to your ears? Brah, bleep it. Burn it all. Bruh. Set that on a table. Burn it all. Let Vaughn smash that bitch. No joke. Without making a single play yet. And with one very simple message, this dude is already winning the hearts of Buffalo. Brah, bleep it. Burn it all. Bruh. Like he's saying, I'm all Burn in. Burn it all. Dude is all in. You've always been all in. The organization is now all in, and it's right there. And yes, yes, yep, yep, yep. Haters, I know he came yep, for the yep, money yep. too. Like I said, I'm no chump. All of the 120 mil and six years, I know he's also there for the money. Of course, the money is a part of it. The money is always a part of it.
However, stop acting like the Bills were the only team willing to pay this guy that kind of money. The only team willing to pay the still turn the edge, rush the passer kind of dude, that kind of scratch. Quit acting like this was the only place he could get that money. I mean, make no mistake, this is not a signing of yesteryear. You know, where a free agent is going to go to a place like Buffalo, or in fact, Buffalo, just for that big paycheck, and knowing deep down they've got no chance to win anything at all, but they're going there for one last big fat paycheck. That's not what that guy's doing. He knows, having been there before, he knows this is his best path towards a third Lombardi. He also knows that he will be forever remembered in that town if he were part of the team to finally break through and win it. Look, I'm going to keep it real for a minute. Go back to what happened. Go back to what happened to you in KC in last year's postseason. You know, 13 seconds. For most teams or most franchises, I would have said they're not bouncing back from that. No way in hell you bounce back from getting stabbed in the heart like that. I mean, in reality, how many people bounce back from getting a blade in their heart and having it twisted and then ripped out? That not only wrecks that season, it wrecks the next season. And then seasons after that. Some teams and organizations never, ever come back from a loss that catastrophic. But incredibly enough, and as wild as it seems, and I've been saying this for a minute now, this entire organization did move on already. To borrow a phrase from Vaughn Miller, quote, they decided, brah, bleep it, burn it all. And they're not looking back. Burn it all. Punched in the bleeping face. But Brandon Bean decided to punch the hell back. Miller was his biggest haymaker. A practical, high-end solution to their biggest need. An edge-rushing closer. A finisher. That's what he is. And I know Vegas knows that they've moved on because they're not only the favorites to win it all this year, they are favored to beat the defending champs tomorrow night in their crib. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites in Los Angeles. I mean, nuts, right? Except it is right. So I spent a lot of time. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Alvy. I spent a lot of time on that in the open because I felt really strongly about it. Come on, Mafia. Get your ass up in here and tell the entire world, bleep it. Brah, bleep it. Burn it all. Bruh. Burn it off. Mafia is coming. They've got a new dude willing to bust a table over every single quarterback in sight until they get that Lombardi. One more thought, Mafia. I've always got one more thought, right? One more thought. Just to be really clear on this. I love you. I love Buffalo. Never, ever think otherwise. Don't get that twisted. And I think ultimately Vaughn Miller will too. Because most guys who end up going there living there, and working there, feel the love. They feel the community. But I'm going to say right now, it's still too soon for that and Vaughn. At this second, I don't think that he's thinking about that. What I think that he's thinking about is not the weather, not Buffalo as a retirement destination. I don't think he's thinking about the tax implications or the school system or the technology corridor or to be closer to Margot in Buffalo. Hello. Hello. Don't call. Hello. I don't even think that he's thinking that he wants to be there. I mean it. Hello. 
I don't even think that he's thinking that he wants to be closer to Rick and Buffalo. Well, maybe that. Maybe that, because I think Rick wants that ring as badly or more badly than even Vaughn. What I'm saying is maybe he will fall in love. Maybe he will stay. But right now, this feels like a no-nonsense business trip. Get in. Get a ring. Get out. Be a legend. Thanks for coming. And if that is his plan, there ain't nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a damn good plan. Brah. Bruh. Bleep Bruh. it. Burn it all. Bruh. I'll tell you what, that's my Burn new motto in life. You know, we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards. Like how they require minimums and worse yet, how their rewards flat out expire. Or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, you want to talk about amazing. And now that we've talked about that, let's get back to the daily jungle. You know, the stuff that we talk about here daily. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Currently number 11 in the world golf rankings. Seven wins on the PGA Tour. He most recently won at the Memorial in June. He is a four-time All-American at Florida. Billy Horschel is my guest. We've got a few moments with him. Billy, it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Good, good. First things first, breaking news this AM. Davis Love III announced his six picks for the 2022 President's Cup. You are one of them. Let me get your reaction to the announcement, and then how much does this particular opportunity mean to you? Yeah, it's really uh, – I'm really excited about it to, to finally make a team. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do in my career, hopefully make more than one team. But it's taken 13 years to play on the PGA Tour to finally make it, and um, it, it gets tougher every year because the younger guys that are coming out on tour are so prepared and so ready to play at this level. Um, you really have to play some unbelievable golf uh, during the qualification process to make the team. And, and like I said, it's just nice to finally be able to, to check that box off and, and be able to say, um, I've accomplished that in my career. Yeah, it is interesting, right? It's kind of hard to imagine that having the career you've had, that this is your first President's Cup, but it is. What's it like to return to Wentworth this week as the defending champ at the BMW PGA Championship? And how do you feel about where your game is at right now? Yeah, I'm ecstatic to be back here. Um, I absolutely love it here. Um, you know, I, I love the golf course. I love the fans here. They've been so supportive of me over the years. I'm appreciative of it. You know, I love I love this area. I love the English culture. I, I've, I'm very. Uh, I have two guys on my team that are English, and one of them has been with me for ten years. And he jokes around that he he says I'm I'm half English just because of how much I I enjoy the English culture and the people and, and their sense of humor. So it's great to be back here. I'm excited about this week. Um, you know, hopefully we can have another great week like we did last year and 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 raise the trophy again. You know, the game's been coming around. I've, I felt like the last month it hasn't. Uh, I've been working, doing some good stuff, and it hasn't come, you know, fully to the forefront. But um, last week at home, I felt like we made some progress. And this week, uh, I've been seeing some, some good signs in it. So I'm excited about the week and, and see what this uh, week has in store. It's a tough field this, this year with, you know, a lot of top players, uh, top 15 players in the world playing. And so it's going to be really tough to, to try and win again. But um, I'm ready to, to give it a go and see what happens. Billy Horschel is joining us. Bill, you made your feelings pretty clear yesterday, but for those who may not have seen it or may have missed it, what was your message to those live players who have shown up for the BMW PGA Championship this week? 
Yeah, that's a tough one because I, I do a lot. I, some of those guys I have great, great relationships with, and uh, you know, I just said I didn't think they should be here. Um, you know, I know that some of them have supported this tour, and they, and they come up through this tour, and they're and they're European tour members, and they've done it for decades. But you know, they they signed a, a really big check, and they're playing for a lot of money on that other tour, and and yes, they have the as of right now they have the right to come play here, but. At the same time, this tour has struggled the last couple of years because of COVID and, and some other issues with, you know, the commercial sponsorships of events and, and things around the, the economy over here in the Europe. Europe. Um, and so, you know, for these guys on this tour to be able to play their biggest purse event, that's a full field. You know, this, is, this could be a life-changing event for some of these guys. And whether it be winning the event or finishing top five and the money they get from that or what, uh, from that finish, you know, understanding that, these live guys could be taking that away from them possibly if they were to finish ahead of them. And so that's where I stood on. I just, I, I just think that um, they shouldn't be here. And, uh, you know, and I, like I said, I, I, I've had conversations with Lee and Ian about it and I've, you know, they're great friends of mine and we get along great. And we've had a conversation about it after I, I made my comments yesterday and, you know, we, we both understand each other's side. Do we agree with each other? No, but we can still be friends and still be respectful and still get along just fine. And, and that's why I, I, I get along so well with those two guys. Hey, Billy, I appreciate that. I want to ask you one quick thing about that. What do you make of the argument from those guys who jumped to that tour that they're just trying to grow the sport? As far as you can tell, is there anything about that venture that is helping grow the sport of golf? You know what? I don't know. I mean... I don't know what they're doing. I, I'm not really paying too much attention to the tour, so I don't know what they're doing at events and what charity aspects and, and trying to get people in the game of golf or help out with the local communities. Um, you know, I, I the way I look at it, I guess the PGA Tour hasn't been doing a good enough job growing the game. We've only, uh, you know, you know, uh, donated three billion dollars over our, our career or our history, and and players on tour have raised millions of dollars for their charities and their support of uh, other areas that they uh you know is near and dear to their hearts so uh, you know i don't really as i said before i don't know if they're really growing the game if they're growing the game bigger than what it's going to be now it's i don't think they are um because i think the game is in a great spot and it's growing tremendously and we can thank COVID for that a little bit getting more people in the game of golf um but like i said i like i said i i thought what the pga tour has been doing and other organizations uh in the United States and outside the United States, I thought they'd been doing a great job of, of growing the game of golf before this tour came along. He is one of Davis Love the Third's six picks for the 2022 President's Cup. He's defending that championship at Wentworth this week. We had a few minutes with Billy Horschel. Billy, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for making time. Really appreciate it. Have a great week and good luck. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. 
quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? All right, so I did start the show yesterday by saying it was a brutal weekend for the LSU family because it was one of the most brutal weekends ever for the LSU family. Their new $100 million head coach epically flopped in his debut. His Tigers were a sloppy, egregious, muff-happy mess. They ultimately lost to Florida State on a block PAT. Not good. Blow not good. So it kind of made sense that when BK tried to lighten the mood, when he showed up yesterday to meet with the media, he thought he'd break out some of his trademark humor, you know, to break up the tension a little bit, loosen everybody up. No, he did not try to attempt any more southerny words. What he actually did might have been worse, though, because he did attempt some of that Brian Kelly humor that we've all known come to know and disrespect so much. See, he forgot one very important thing. He's not funny at all. In fact, Brian Kelly is so unfunny that when he tries to be funny, it always backfires in the worst possible way. Case in point. Like, you know, some people are so unfunny, they're funny. He's not that. Case in point, three minutes into his presser, he notices a reporter rolling into the press room late, so BK decided to, quote, lighten the mood by doing this. We got all that accomplished, and, and now we're uh, excited about the weekend. So with that, we'll, uh, we'll open it up to this late-arriving uh, media crowd that uh, must have uh, enjoyed the, the weekend. Um, that's usually $10 um, that we put in the kitty. Um, for, we, we'll have a big bash at the end of the year at my place. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with winning. I think it has to do with being on time. All right, here we go. Wow. So if you missed it, the reporter's clap back was, maybe if you win, I'll be on time. Sick burn. Sort of. Kind of. I guess. That exchange was actually more awkward, awkward and cringy than it was sick. As awkward, awkward as all of that sounded, that was just two people joking, beginning with a Brian Kelly attempt in humor because you know everybody loves jokes that sound like lectures about punctuality. Turns out the reporter is an LSU beat writer for The Advocate in Baton Rouge. Afterwards, she tried to explain what happened on Twitter. Leah Van at L Van underscore sports quote press conference was at noon I was running from a doctor's appointment got there at 1157 Brian Kelly called me out said jokingly I owed him $10 I said if he won maybe I'd be on time not my finest hour I apologized afterwards he was super chill and I said I still owe him 10 bucks end of tweet she also added quote I know Brian Kelly likes to joke he clearly took it as one from our conversation afterward All in good fun, fam. End of quote. Yeah, except for one thing. That's not good fun, fam. In fact, that might be the first ever example of bad fun, fam. Unfun fun. 
fun that makes you want to say, don't do that. Don't do that. Brian Kelly might, quote, like to joke, but he shouldn't. Because Brian Kelly can't actually land a joke. When Brian Kelly tells a joke, nobody can tell if it's a joke, which is usually the mark of somebody who is not funny and should not be telling jokes. You listen again. Maybe I'm the one missing something, fam. We'll, uh, we'll open it up to this late-arriving uh, media crowd that uh, must have uh, enjoyed the, the weekend. Um, that's usually $10 um, that we put in the kitty. Um, for we, We'll have a big bash at the end of the year at my place. I don't think it has anything to do with winning. I think it has to do with being on time. All right, here we go. Yeah, I don't think that's got anything to do with anything at all. I mean, that's legitimately just so weird on every level. Quote, that's usually $10 that we put in the kitty. That we put in the kitty. Huh? And we'll have a big bash at the end of the year at my place? Yeah, you don't want to miss that bash. That sounds like a lot of fun. Hanging out with BK. Dipping into the kitty. You better be on time to that bash. And what's this dude even talking about? And why is he doing this three minutes into a presser following one of the ugliest and most disappointing LSU defeats in recent memory? If that's his attempt at running a misdirection or trying to guess look the other way, it didn't work. Brian Kelly was as lost attempting a joke in that spot as he was when he attempted that point after on Sunday night instead of going for two and getting the hell off the field and back to the locker room after that crap-filled performance by his team. That joke attempt was the equivalent of BK confidently holding up the one finger right before the bricked point after in that it was, again, overconfident, lame, and absolutely the wrong decision at the wrong time with even worse execution. You see, comedy is about timing. Comedy is about knowing your audience and knowing your room. Brian Kelly knows none of that. And by the way, it's nothing new, right? Remember this classic BK Zinger when he was back at Notre Dame? You think of your team's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback? Yeah, uh... You know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. I mean, it, we just didn't execute very well. I mean, again, that's what Brian Kelly joking sounds like. That's Brian Kelly attempting to make a joke. This dude is so bad at joke delivery that people can't even tell if he's kidding when he's joking about executing his own players. Let's put it to you this way. BK does not have the comedy chops of his predecessor. Like, say what you want about Coach O. But my dude could at least land a joke. At least he can when people can actually understand what he's saying. If you can make out what he's saying, you can find the joke in there somewhere. Yesterday, Coach O stepped in to show BK how it's done. Check out O at the Little Rock Touchdown Club talking about his LSU exit yesterday. You got $17.1 million on your contract. We're going to give it to you. (laughs) I said, what time do you want me to leave? What door do you want me out of, brother? (laughs) See, that's funny. 
Coach O heard 17.1 mil buyout. And his response was a gravelly, what time do you want me to leave? And what bro- what door do you want me to out of, brother? No, Ray Charles can see that, brother. <laughs> I'm not there yet. That's pretty incredible. And then right after that, he did drop this gem in response to being told that things were not going very well. Coach O said, yeah, uh-huh, and? No, Ray Charles can see that, brother. <laughs> Just snorting at his own jokes. But he can, because at least they're jokes that work. You know, told that things aren't going very well. Bleeping Ray Charles could see that, brother. Brother. Now, the one thing he's got going for him, like, a Ray Charles crackback is not the funniest thing in the world. But if you're going to snort as you say it and sound like Coach O and own it, it's pretty funny. You see, BK, those are jokes. Coach O will never have the coaching rep that Brian Kelly has. We all know this. But Coach O also has two things that BK will never have. A natty and a sense of humor. Which is why BK should stop telling jokes. It's true. You can't spell LSU without the L. You can't spell LSU without the L. But you can definitely coach a football team without terrible jokes that never ever land. Stick with the jug band, BK. Because that's the only thing that you got going right now that's actually making people happy. Did you know a fire department responds to a fire every 23 seconds? October is fire prevention month, so never too soon to think about that because it's right around the corner and we have teamed up with First Alert, the most trusted brand in fire safety to help protect your whole home with safety that you can trust. Smoke and carbon monoxide alarms help provide an early warning in the event of a home emergency. And having enough First Alert smoke and carbon monoxide alarms is one of the very best things that you can do for your home and your family. Install alarms on every single level and in every bedroom of your home. And then once they are installed, it is really important to maintain them by testing them with regularity. Also, remember the alarms do not last forever and they do need to be replaced at least every 10 years. If you can't remember the last time you replaced your alarm, it is best to replace the unit completely. And for a replacement option by far, my favorite is First Alert's 10-year sealed battery alarms. 10-year sealed battery alarms are convenient and they eliminate the need for battery replacements for an entire decade. For more information on fire safety products, safety tips, and educational activities that you can do at your home with your family, go to firstalert.com slash month. He's a senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports. He is the co-host of Yahoo's You Pot to Win the Game NFL podcast. He's Charles Robinson. If you could go back and act like this is the first time you've heard this, but if you were to go back to Tom Brady's return from that 11-day sabbatical right in the middle of camp, and then, Charles, the presser, the presser that he did, have you ever seen that guy look or sound more miserable? And what was going through your mind as you watched that? Well, it was definitely different. Um, You know, he's always been – one thing about Tom Brady, you go through his career, even during difficult times, he's always been um, sort of glass half full guy, you know, and in some ways in, you know, varnished or um, I don't know how else you really want to put it. He, he just has always been someone that no matter what it was, 
that was coming at him had the ability to spin it in a way where you thought like he had a grasp on everything that was going on around him. And that particular press conference where he says, you know, I'm 45, I got a lot of expletive going on, felt like one of those just real moments that probably resonates with a lot of people. And I guess what it brought me back to was when Seth Wickersham's book, uh, It's Better to Be Feared, came out, and I read through it, I thought one of the underrated storylines of that book was just how Tom Brady's sort of unknown future without football had weighed on Giselle and his marriage and, um, you know, how they had kind of really gone through it. And it was clear that that was sort of left hanging in the book, that it was just like, okay, what's going to happen when Tom Brady no longer has football? And what about this weight that is had, that it's already put on, on their marriage? So when he disappeared... Um, it made complete sense to me that this was him stepping back to spend time with his family, especially getting the context of that book. I think it's really now interesting that we've seen, I mean, it's page six, but we're starting to see that, you know, people are basically saying like, Hey, there's trouble right now, or there's issues right now with Tom and his personal life. And it's, that felt like a very real moment that, that makes sense. It tracks to me when I watched that press conference, that this seems to be, someone who is grappling with something that has really nothing to do with the actual mechanics of football. I think that what you say makes a lot of sense. If you had to guess, how do you think that plays out? And for a guy who's so good and so focused and never distracted seemingly, do you think that he brings that onto the field with him? You know, I I don't, I've never seen this with him before. Like it's the only other time that I think, you know, he really clearly let, um, you know, off field things affect him. You know, it was, it was illness. It was, it was the health of his mom. And, um, even then it was clear that, that he was still focused when he had to be. And we, we, I think what's different about this is we saw him do something we've never seen him do before, which is to step away in the middle of a time when, you got to be there as a football player. And and frankly, most of us know that had it been anyone else who takes 11 days in the thick of training camp, they probably would have gotten shelled for it. And I, and I mean like anyone else other than probably Tom Brady would have drawn far more flack than, than he did. Um, so it's, I, in a way, I think we're kind of in uncharted territory. I'd never seen a press conference like that, and I've never really seen – how something like this unfolds. If, if again, if this is true, what's sort of being reported out there about, hey, you know, this is this. There's some relationship struggles going on right now that are tied to him unretiring. If that's factual, you know, we're, again, it's something we haven't seen, and now we're going to basically find out how how does Tom Brady deal with maybe grappling with the things that all of us deal with in our everyday lives, but then also at the same time, this job where he has to be hyper-focused every second. Right. Appreciate your thoughts on that. He's a senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports. He is the co-host of Yahoo's You Pot to Win the Game NFL podcast. He's Charles Robinson. So, Charles, looking ahead to the coming season, you know, I could start any number of places, but let me ask you about Denver. I know that you like the fact that that organization not only took an enormous swing for Russell Wilson, but then they got that long-term deal done for him quickly. Like, that's how you do it. They're good. Are they Super Bowl good, potentially, in your mind? Yeah, I think so. I When you look at that offense, um, they have a great line. I think the, the, the running back depth is great. You know, to, to lose Tim Patrick, obviously – 
you, you don't want to lose one of your top two, three receivers um, in the preseason. So that's really tough. But I, what I think is interesting, particularly offensively, is I think part of the story for Russ and, and that offense is going to be a Jerry Judy story. This is obviously a first-round pick who has yet to kind of come into his own. He's had struggles for various reasons. And when I went through there in training camp, what I got from both Russell Wilson but also the staff was Russ believes in Jerry Judy. He he can uh, he basically is looking at Jerry Judy and saying this is a big key to where the offense goes. Is whether I can get this guy on track. And it's clear he spent a lot of one-on-one investment with Jerry Judy, which I think is really interesting. And then you know defensively. I think, you know, the, the pieces are there both offensively and defensively for that, for that team, but they also play in the AFC West, and you could make an argument that any one of the four teams in the AFC West wins that division, even the Raiders. You could make an argument. You can find a way to them potentially winning that division. Um, but ultimately, I think it comes down to one of those teams is going to have to basically outboat race the other three, and – you got to have the quarterback to do that. You have to have the skill position pieces to do that. And you especially have to have the offensive line to do that. Well, the team that has all those things, it's the Denver Broncos. And and I would say other than maybe the Chargers, um, the, those, those to me are the most two complete offenses with the quarterbacks on the line. So it's uh, I, I think Denver quietly has a chance to be the team that comes out of the AFC West. I think Denver quietly has a chance to be a Super Bowl team this year, right away, year one, Russell Wilson. Speaking of quarterbacks, Charles Robinson, my guest, speaking of quarterbacks, what do you make of Aaron Rodgers admitting that he misled the media when he said he was immunized? And then secondarily, what kind of a season do you expect him to have without Devontae Adams? Yeah, you know, I think in terms of the, you know, the whole immunized thing, I, he knows at this point, I mean, he can't, there's no denying it. Like there was no really getting around it. It was, it's all out there. Everybody knows how everything played out and, and he said enough for people to understand before he finally just put words to it, that he was playing a semantics game that really ultimately amounted to lying. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, at this point, he's kind of evolved into this weird show at this stage in his career. You know, I, you get the, um, you know, showing up in the Con Air kind of costume when when camp starts, and the Nicolas Cage bust in his over his locker, and and in, in a weird way, he's it feels like he's becoming as much of an off field story as an as an on field story. Obviously, he's you know he's out in his own social media realm now at this point. It's in in some ways it kind of feels like he's transitioning more toward maybe you know, doing his own entertainment thing once, once his career's over, he's in a weird place. I, I, this is not where I really predicted him. And, and then when you talk about Devonte Adams, I don't even know, frankly, we, we don't know what this offense is going to look like. I, you take away what I, I would argue if you said pick a quarterback and a wide receiver that are the most perfectly paired tandem in the NFL last year, I would have said it's either Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes or it's Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams this idea that Rodgers can go ahead and smooth everything out without Adams there. Okay. I mean, maybe we haven't seen that on balance over the, the, you know, over, over an entire season. So I, you know, I don't know that, that we're not looking at the NFC North and being surprised at the end of the year that, wow, Minnesota came out of nowhere with Kevin O'Connell and, you know, Kirk cousins had a banner year and they're better defensively. than Maybe we thought they would be. And they sneak up and, and steal the division from the Packers. So I, I, 
we'll see. The Packers could be a running team that's dominated by defense this year and far less of an Aaron Rodgers-driven you know, MVP team than, than they have been. Charles Robinson is joining us. Before you go, let me ask you about another quarterback situation. When you look at the 49ers, Charles, do you like them retaining Jimmy Garoppolo as the ultimate insurance policy? Or to you, is that just evidence that they don't fully believe that Trey Lance is ready? I think, look, it's a team that has a Super Bowl window now. And they, they weren't even far from the Super Bowl last year. And if Jimmy did play the balance of the end of that season, as he suggested, injured, there's a chance that the 2022 version of Jimmy Garoppolo is better than the 2020, you know, 2021 version. And if that's the case, you could argue maybe this is a Super Bowl team with Jimmy Garoppolo as the starting quarterback. I, you know, Trey Lance, through the preseason, he definitely did things where you could see the flashes, but also you can see a lot of inconsistency there. You can understand why you read, you know, read practice reports. People are talking about accuracy, ball location. Um, you know, can he just be consistent with completions that they're going to need in game? I think if we start out this season and he struggles, it would not be a surprise to me at all if they have second thoughts about maybe moving back to Jimmy Garoppolo because the fact of the matter is the defense, it's an exquisite defense. They've invested enough into the team offensively that they, you know, it's, it's particularly in this version of the NFC could potentially be a, a Super Bowl team. If the difference between them being a Super Bowl team or not being a Super Bowl team is just sitting there going, well, we have to develop Trey Lance. I don't know that you waste a Super Bowl shot just saying we got to invest in the young guy and, and develop him. If Garoppolo's got something left, they're paying him for a reason. He's got the incentives in his contract for a reason. And in particular, I would tell people, focus on those incentives. You don't put those in there unless there's a chance that this guy ultimately ends up starting at some point in the season. So I don't think that story is done being told yet. I think you're right. So one last night, because you mentioned contracts, you and I have talked in the past about Lamar Jackson. At this point, as he continues to handle that contract and represent himself, how do you expect this to go? I mean, do you think this is going to work out in time? Or could this go really badly and blow up in his and the team's face? Well, it could definitely blow up in his face, but I, I think we should all recognize that his position has improved immensely as he's waited. The, now the Russell, it's not just, before we're talking about Kyler Murray. Okay, well, the Kyler Murray deal's in. That focuses his market a little bit more. Well, guess what? Now the Russell Wilson deal has focused his market that much more. And if he, let's say he goes and he balls out. Some people think, hey, this could be the year where he returns to that MVP form. The offense is clearly streamlined through him. He could put up a massive season, both rushing and throwing. Um, they could have a ton of success, particularly the AFC North, now looking a little bit up in the air with, you know, Watson, the Pittsburgh, you know, quarterback situation. Cincinnati got lucky in a lot of games last year. Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl, but if you go back and look at their season, they they hit a tremendous, you know, great streak of luck that helped them. They win the AFC North. He balls out and has a great season. And then he's sitting there staring at, okay, now Justin Herbert has to go to the table. Now Joe Burrow has to go to the table. It's helped him immensely up until this point. But now, as you said, now we find out, can he stay healthy? Now we find out, can he play with those skill position pieces being what they are at wide receiver? Go look. A lot of people probably couldn't even name their top two wide receivers. Can he not only get through this season healthy, but also be able to play at that MVP level of a couple of seasons ago. If, if he can, there's a chance that by the time this is all done, by the time we get through this in 2023, 
Lamar Jackson could be the highest paid player in the NFL. More than Aaron Rodgers, more than anybody else, he could be the top of the quarterback heap. That's that's the opportunity he's played himself into at this point. So listen, really quickly, and I should have let you go already, but I want to ask you this. As, as the journal that you are, can you gamble? Do you play? Can you dabble in that sort of thing? Or do you feel like there's an inherent conflict? How do you approach that as the world changes? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we don't have any you know, restrictions. There's nothing. Um, I, I think you have to. It's interesting because, you know, there's so many prop bets now that I think sometimes we come into information that probably lets us know. I'll give you a good example. So I knew Baker Mayfield was going to be the starting quarterback for the Panthers before it ended up happening. And I know there were prop bets out there like, hey, who's going to be the starting quarterback of the Panthers? I think if you're in that kind of situation and, you know, you have information that you know okay there's a prop bet out there and i i know this guy's going to be the starting quarterback it's dicey you know that's there's definitely a situation like that is different than if i am betting on hey the 49ers have 25 to 1 super bowl odds i i like the niners but you know let, let's be honest you and i jim we can sit here we can pick the super bowl winner right now and be completely we, we don't know we have no clue who's going to win the super bowl none when you when you when you know specific information about injuries, you know specific information about who's going to be, you know, starting or or who's going to be the first pick in the draft, things like that. I think you're you're playing with fire if you're a journalist and you're now taking information, you're monetizing it in that way. It's really interesting. I think it's a fascinating conversation. That's why I wanted to ask you, and I appreciate that response. He's a senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports. He's co-host of Yahoo's You Pod to Win the Game NFL podcast. And as I mentioned, a proud Michigan State alum, my guy Charles Robinson. Dude, really appreciate you as always. Thank you very much. Great conversation. Good stuff as always. Thanks, Rome. Enjoy the season. So I've got kind of a personal question for you fellas. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. Big number, right? 48 hours. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick, and it's easy to use, especially when you're on the move. On top of that, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. Thus, it leaves your skin feeling comfortable and it helps to protect your skin. What I'm saying to you is this is a great product that does a lot of things really well. So make sure you try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel, all day. Scheduled to be at the top of the hour. That may slide. We had that kind of flexibility, which would give you more time if I find him. In the meantime, let's go to the phones. We go to Milton. Will, good to have you. Will, what's going on? Not a whole lot, Jim. I was just thinking, uh, last week you mentioned that you uh, like to watch Frazier, and I wondered, what if Frazier called into the jungle? Probably goes something like this. Jim, you're talking. I'm listening. Sad day in Seattle with the end of Sue Bird's career. Who would have ever thought that the face of Seattle basketball would resemble my beloved Lilith? Oh, Jimmy, I hear the clones are calling. The smack off runs away. Oh, my. Caleb is the defending champion. The fat boy, he's from Green Day. Cheese curds. Well, I don't know who will win the next smack off, but I will say I'm calling again. Good night, jungle. Sue Bird has left the building. 
Sue Bird has left the building. Will in Milton. You know what the hell? Go ahead and rack him. Rack him. I've said it. I, I love Frazier. Time to beef. Hit me up. Come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. It's back. We had a beef off season, but now the segment is back. So if there's something, I mean, if you're watching on CBS Sports Network, there it is. The famous plastic tower of beef is back. Somebody suggested that we should have somebody handle it with gloves, white gloves, and give it the Stanley Cup treatment. And I agree. We should. And that's somebody's Alvin. Alvin should handcuff the Tower of Beef to himself with his white gloves. He can act as security. And if it were up to me, I'm going to try and figure this out. Best beef on any given day, you get your name carved into the cup or the plastic tower. You're the champion of beef for that day. And you get to keep the Tower of Beef for 24 hours. Take it to the club. Take it to a bar. Take it fishing. Take it to your little hometown. Do what you want. I'll work on that. Let's get to it. And remember... If you're not in yet, you can still get in. Call or tweet. You can beef about anything you want. That's the beauty of this segment. It's on Wednesdays. It's in season. And I don't care what your beef is. If you're new to it, you're going to get a taste right now. This guy's going to set the tone. Let's do it. Jimothy. My beef is with neighborhood posters of lost cats. Cats don't get lost. Cats leave. If your cat is, quote, lost, it hates you, and that mf is gone. Take down your damn poster. Eric in Colorado Springs. It's actually not true, dude. They, they may not leave because they hate you. They may leave because they got eaten. They may leave because they don't leave. They just go out and do what cats do, man. They look around for food. And then sometimes they become food, sadly. This is why we don't let ours out. Hey, Jimmer, my beef is with parents posting pics of their three-year-old kids with ice cream all over their faces. It's not cute. It's disgusting. It's disgusting, Jim. No one wants to see your rug rat with dessert smeared all over their toothless mugs. Kevin in the 802. Man, y'all are pissed off. Already you're taking a run at cats and kids. But it is the beef segment, and I've told you anything goes. Romy, my beef is with people who talk during concerts. Hey, bag, I didn't drop 100 plus bones just to hear your drunk ass and your drunk ass friend have full on conversations while I'm trying to get my concert on. Stay home. Amber in Portland. Hashtag beef segment. I want to take a moment to salute Amber. Amber participates in all parts of the program. Amber makes it better. More lady clones. More lady Jim. clones. I have a beef with Pervin Liar for making it so that I cannot send Roma take without it involving the perv. Does that mean that I've got a beef with myself for becoming so entangled with Pervin Liar? God help me. I no longer know. Vince in Illinois. It's not you, Vince. Heartbreaking. It's perv. It's not you, Vince. It's perv and the jungle Tourette's. It's perv and him wrecking his legacy. It's not you, Vince. Stop beating yourself up. That's devastating. It says, my beef is with people who bring their dogs to the supermarket and place their cherished pet in the shopping cart while they're out purchasing groceries. Hey, you scumbags. It's not a pet store here. 
We don't like it when you put your dog in the same cart that I might use later. Some people prefer not to store their groceries where your dog has just finished licking himself. Steve from the Northwest. Pets getting a lot of hate. Pet owners and pets. You know I'm an animal guy. But even I have my limits. Do you have to take your dog everywhere? I love dogs. But do you have to take your dog everywhere? The coffee shop, the restaurant, the mall, the market. I mean, really, anywhere other than for a walk or the beach or the park? I don't know. Matt in the 604. My beef is with local spots that only serve craft beer with stupid names and an even worse taste. I want to drink Sherry's Sunday Session Saison. I would finally accept my neighbor's invite to try garage beer that he won't shut up about. I feel you. Hey, Rome, my beef is with people who not only bring their dogs, there's more, dogs and cats, to the home improvement store, but bring their parakeet. On their shoulder, no less. People don't like your pets as much as you do. Leave them at home. Best regards, BZ in Pensacola. Dude, you've never seen a parakeet at a home improvement store. Come on, bro. What? Homeboy who wrapped that giant python around his neck didn't wreck your day, too? It's fine. Hey, Rome, my beef is with people that bring their Siberian tigers with them to Denny's. Listen, you can have your beefs as long as they're true. Don't make them up. Hey, Rome, my beef is with those a-holes who bring their Komodo dragons on a leash to the park. Dear Rome, I have beef with my no-hygiene brother-in-law. Brother. Who was eating warm brownies right out of the pan with his used fork. Hey, kook, the brownie pan is not a plate. Thanks for ruining the dessert for the rest of us. Johnny in GB. Tom Rowley writes, My beef is with California telling everyone to buy an electric car and then telling them to stop using electricity. Hashtag, what's your beef? I don't know, dude. It's for a few hours in the middle of... An unprecedented heat wave, even for us. We're all good, Tom. Jim, my beef is Costco shopper. Make a damn list. Don't zombie around the warehouse or drive the cart on the wrong side of the aisle. And please, get off your freaking phone. Old man, you can't maneuver that flatbed cart with one hand. Get it together. Hey, Rome. My beef is with the L.L. Bean Fall Catalog. Everyone is wearing way too many layers. One dude is pulling a canoe while rocking a long-sleeve collared shirt, a t-shirt over that, and then a cardigan on top. Other than Iray Craig, no one does that. I mean, how much merch can you wear at one time? Casey in New Hampshire. This is how the beef segment is. This is fun. I've missed this. Dear Van Smack, my beef is with having to listen to all the god-awful eardrum-blasting sports anthems blaring through the loudspeakers in Major League Baseball games. It's bad enough watching the Royals. I don't need to lose my hearing, too. Bring back the organist. 
Stop obsessing over ways to get younger folks interested in a game that they will never embrace. Mike in KC. The problem is, Mike, when you and yours die, there'll be nobody left. There'll be nobody at the yard. That's what they're afraid of. Bruno in the Bay. Sweet Rome, Alabama. I have beef with people who pronounce their H's like Y's. It's not humorous. It's not humid outside. You losers are humiliating yourselves and setting humanity back decades. Oh, and irregardless isn't a damn word either. Hey, Bruno. You're welcome. Chris and Fondy, Jim, happy hump day. My beef is with my new kitten. Accepting me for five minutes and minutes later sinking its claws and teeth in my feet while walking by. You ungrateful little bleep. We had a cat that used to pull that. I had a cat named Rodeo. Don't ask me why. God, bitching cat. Love this cat. Would sit there drool all over itself gorgeous cat man like this beautiful black hair green eyes and just he's cool he's cool he's cool he's cool and they just snap and bite hard i feel you dear jim i'm beefing with fools who hate pets who hurt you worst regards tristan in maine tristan i'm going to overlook your name being tristan and say good job i agree why are you hate on pets? What did pets ever do to you? Hey, Rome. This, uh, whenever one starts off like this, you know you're going to go somewhere, and usually not somewhere good. My beef is with my wife. Because that's what you want to do. You want to air out your wife on national radio and TV. My beef is with my wife. Set one alarm and get up, woman. Not 16 alarms set five minutes apart while smashing the snooze button. You have to be at work at 5.45 in the morning. I don't have to be at work until 9. Wake the hell up and start grinding without waking the dead. (laughs) Jasper in Northwoods, Maine. That's not too bad, actually. Hi, Jim. Did you hear? Giselle and Tommy are fighting. What's my beef? Nothing. Nice job, Sarah. War Lady Clones. War Sarah T. Hey, Jim, my beef is with that nerdy, bald dude who gets his sticky, chocolate-covered hands all over me trying to break in all the time. Thanks, Alvy, for the thorough wipe-down. Signed, The Beef Tower. What are you drinking over there, Rit? Let me see. Hold that up. What is that? Hot chocolate. I figured. (laughs) Mike in Snowbird. (laughs) All right. How about the phone calls? 1-800-636-8686. You know I'm going to Erie PA first. No doubt about it. Dom. He's been here before. He knows how it's done. What's up, Dom? What's your beef? Hey, Jim. My beef is with the Browns giving up on a stud whose main concern was winning, but instead went for a creep who's the cover of the National Sexual Assault website and is more concerned about giving out milk mustaches than he is with football. Ah. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that It's not cool, Dom. Not a very good I call. I hype you up. I go to you first. 
I say you know what to do, you've been here before, and then you go with that. Come on, man. Come on, dude. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Sacktown. Ryan in Sacramento. Ryan, what's your beef? JR, my beef is with a lady clone and member of the Bills Mafia for not keeping her promise to call from an ink shop while getting a miniature of you tattooed on her mica hide. Goodbye, Rhino out. He's talking about Margot. Hello. As always, Hello. the social is about a hundred times better than the phone calls. One eight hundred. 636-8686. Come on, somebody. Somebody pick it up on the phones with a legitimate beef. Let's try Boise. Todd. What's going on, Todd? What's your beef? Uh, Romy, my beef is with Brian Weber with two Bs. Uh, when in the history of man has Weber ever been spelt with uh, one B? And I would rather listen to uh, babies cry while getting repeatedly kicked in the stick by each one of the XR4TI. And fanny packs are fanny packs, whether you're right. Ah. That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. What take is that? You would rather hear babies cry for repeatedly getting kicked in the stick than listening to Brian Weber with two Bs. It's a terrible take. Every phone call is getting worse. Come on, man. I don't want to end this segment without at least one good beef on the phones. Let's go to Alaska. Matt in Alaska. Hey, Matt, be that guy, man. Pick me up. What's your beef? What's going on, Jimmy? I got a beef with the FNG at the office who happens to be a clone, and I get a phone call and mumble under my breath from another coworker. Yeah, I'm not answering that. To which this guy yells out from the cubicle next to me, blocked, blocked. And everybody's like, what the hell's going on? I feel you. It's kind of inside, right, if they don't know. Matt in Alaska, 1-800-636-8686. I'm still looking for a really good beef. I'm still looking for a really good beef. Let's try Austin, Tyler in Austin. Tyler, what's your beef? Romy, uh, uh, good afternoon. My uh, beef is with the Fox. Big noon kickoff for bringing uh, Pervin Liar to Austin. We're all going to have to hide our wives, moms, daughters. Uh, I'm terrified. That's my beef. You should be. That's a strong beef. It's a serious beef, a strong beef, a legitimate beef, a valid beef. Let's go to Omaha. Kathleen. Kathleen, what's your beef? hate the term thirsty. It makes no sense. Whatever happened to good old-fashioned lust? Lust makes more sense. Johannes Eckerstrom is my top man to lust over. And Corey Harrison from Pawn Stars is the newest man I lust over. But he needs to trim his beard. It's getting nasty. Kathleen, thirsty as ever. I don't have a preference. Lust, thirst. Whatever you want, you're it. Whatever it is, you have it. Is that our beef segment? Let's get another one in here. Ray in SA. Ray, what is your beef? Hey, Jim. My beef is with you calling me the diarrhea tweeters. Keep my name out your mouth. 
the diarrhea of tweeters? If I said it, it must have been valid. Actually, Ray, it was too kind based on some of what you've sent. Keep your tweet out my feed. All right, Ray. The thing is, Ray, if your tweets are diarrhea, your calls are worse than your tweets. And your beef call is worse than your normal call. And your normal call is worse than your tweet. And your tweet is diarrhea. Good night now!